There's a time and a season for everything, says the Lord. And I'm about to begin shifting people. It's not my will for you to stay in the same place, huddle down into what you're comfortable in, but it's, things are going to start moving quickly. And, and things in the earth are going to change, and I'm going to need you to be flexible and ready and eager to do what I'm calling you to do and not to stay stuck in one place and comfortable where you are and just always going every day doing the same thing. I have um, two words. I don't know how many people just retain to, but it's somebody in here. And the Lord said, you've been in sin for a long time. He said, he's been watching you. Nothing is hidden from him. He said, he see everything. And he said, if you will repent in private, he will not expose you publicly. And uh, and all the word that I have, some of y'all have never been immersed in the foul God. You can be immersed in the foul God tonight. Earlier today, the Lord showed me, um, when you go to the beach, you get the little sifter, and you're looking for seashells. Well, during worship, he showed me what he wants to do with that. Because when you go to the beach and you're looking for seashells, you dip it in the sand, but also in the water to shake out the sand. And what's left behind are beautiful seashells, but also there's some trash in there. And the Lord wants you to dip in his water, and he wants to sift the sand out of you. And then he wants to pick out those pieces of trash, and he wants to keep those beautiful shells that are in you. But you've got to be willing to let him do it. If you're a co-laborer here and you feel like God's given you a word for the congregation tonight, we're going to ask you to come quickly and do it over the microphone. Earlier this afternoon, Pastor Ballard was telling all of us about what covenant was and how it was about breaking bread and how it was about a marrying of each other with each other, with the body of Christ, with God. And Holy Spirit dropped something in me then that the reason that Adam also ate of the apple with Eve was because they were, they were together in covenant and he ate of it with her because they were in covenant. And Holy Spirit told me just now, he said, be careful. Be careful who you eat with, who you're in covenant with. Because Adam knew better. But he ate with her because he was in covenant with her. And he chose that over the obedience of God. I heard the Lord ask me a question. He said, what does it look like when you march to the beat of my drum? And I just felt like that there were people, or all of us really, he wants us to get in step with his rhythm and, and march to the beat of his drum, and we're sensitive to when the rhythm changes, the beat changes, that we would change with it. Okay, Pastor Tonight, we are real fortunate to have Pastor Seraphine and Raina. I come in from Nicaragua this last week, and... Um, where he's been how many years, 45, down in Central America? Almost 44. I knew it was a long, long time. You went, how old were you when you went? Turned 20 years old. And uh, he's been through several revolutions. 
Uh, they're down there. They're assassinating a few Americans here and there down there where he lives now. And uh, you have to be careful down there. It's a, it's a, you can't talk against the government. You'll, you, all they'll find is what you used to be. They will kill you in a blink down there. Um, but they, they, they have built a great ministry down there. They have churches in Honduras. Uh, they have, their, their people love Jesus. They have some of the best praise and worship I've ever seen in Central America. Uh, their praise and worship leader, Alan, used to be a punk rocker and got saved. And he can play the slap snot out of a guitar. He can just burn it down uh, like Terry. <laughs> but, uh, and they, they come from a heritage of holiness. Now, don't you, you hear me? It's a legacy. Everybody that knows them, when they think about their testimony, they think holy living. That man's a holy man. That woman's a holy woman. Uh, and y'all, we are all fortunate just to have them here. But for them to get up and share some of their stuff is a, just uh, churches would pay big money for because they got great, great, great testimonies and they got great experience. But most of all, they're my spiritual parents. And if I get out of order, all you got to do is call them up. They're my bosses. They can jerk me right out of this pulpit anytime they want to, as long as I'm unrepentant and, and doing something stupid. The only way I can see myself ever backing up and as I get dementia or something, do something really crazy. <laughs> and I'm not believing for that. So, so y'all welcome Pastor Seraphine and Pastor Raina Pagan. Y'all come on up. We've got a, a long-standing tradition, and Dr. Han and I came up with this one time when we was in Mexico. We were, we were watching TV, and, and this, these people were weird watching TV, and they were watching soap operas, Hispanic soap operas. And, and, and they get really dramatic, just super mega dramatic about mundane things. So we made it a tradition that every time he came into town, we would have a new one, a new phrase. It would mean something like, I, I, I want to go to the bathroom, or where is the bathroom? So we came up, and we did it like a soap opera for him. You know, it's donde style baño. We would go, donde esta el baño. You know, something crazy like that. So the last one we did, we got to come up with a new one. You need to help me come up with a new one. Uh, the last one we did is, can I have an orange, a Fanta orange drink, please? That's the last one we did. And you got to really hype it up. You know, Pastor Head and I do it, and we would laugh, and he'd look at us like we were crazy. So it's great. But this is my spiritual daddy and mom, and I welcome thee in the name of Jesus. I love you. You just take your liberty. And Terry's sitting right back there if you want to rebuke him. <laughs> we mess with Terry all the time. Last time. Somebody will be preaching away, and I'll look over at him. I said, Terry, they're tearing you up tonight, buddy. He'll start laughing. <laughs> Did you do something bad? He said, okay. Que hay que reprender a Terry, dice hermano Dar. ¿Ah? 
Amen. God bless you all. I've been his pastor for about almost three years. Still. Huh? Amen. Save your life, but you still, still, he's still crazy. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, he can make me laugh. That Fanta Naranja thing. Oh, my Lord. I, I wish I could call Pastor Han in heaven and say, Pastor Han, what would you do in my situation? <laughs> well, we've learned to love them, and uh, no, we did. I say something wrong. What's so funny? Well, I didn't mean it that way. Maybe, maybe my subconscious was talking. Huh? On me? Oh Lord, Amen. With this church, you just can't ha can't stop having fun. Really, the love of God. The sincere love of God, at the same time you have fun enjoying each other. It's what Psalm 133 says. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm going to let Raina talk. She has been a blessing in my life. She was the perfect one for me. And there's so much I can say about her. But the best thing about Raina, she loves God. Amen. And when I was, wanted to get married, I wanted to marry a woman that loved God. And she, and she was beautiful, you know. Men's always thinking about a beautiful girl. God gave me a woman that loves, that fears God, and is beautiful at the same time. Yeah. And she's a prophet of God, Amen. yes, God and a teacher. And... and and consoles also. Well, Reina. La gloria es para Dios. The glory is for God. Bueno, pues siempre es un gusto y una bendición estar con ustedes aquí. It's always a pleasure and a blessing to be with you all here. Y disfruto tanto la adoración. I enjoy the worship so much. Y es una bendición poderles ver de nuevo. Y pues solamente quiero decirles que pues hemos estado pasando por situaciones un poco dolorosas y difíciles. Y pues esas cosas de alguna manera pues afectan nuestra vida. Pero no podemos perder el gozo de la salvación. Y eso es lo que nos mantiene de pie. Amen. 
y en, en todo esto pues aprendemos a aceptar la voluntad de Dios y muchas veces es bien difícil no lo entendemos pero al final nos damos cuenta que Dios sabe todas las cosas Él es perfecto y Él es soberano entonces tenemos que decir gracias Señor y regocijarnos en Él en medio del dolor y gracias por sus oraciones sé que oran por nosotros ¿verdad? ok gracias por, por sus oraciones y, y pues les pido que sigan orando por nosotros y especialmente por mí porque está siendo muy difícil pero muy difícil soltar Nicaragua yo tengo todos mis hijos aquí tenemos a nuestros hijos aquí nuestros nietos yo debería estar muy contenta para mudarme para acá pero uno aprende a amar al, al cuerpo de Cristo y amamos Nicaragua amamos la iglesia y me he dado cuenta lo mucho que los amo y pues realmente no, no es fácil dejarlos dejar es casi la mitad de mi vida que he dejado que he vivido en Nicaragua al lado de, de mi esposo pero sé una cosa también que Dios tiene cosas nuevas para nosotros y estoy abierta estamos abiertos a, a, a recibir las cosas esa nueva etapa que Dios tiene para nosotros Amén. así que pues Dios les bendiga y muy contenta de verles Dios, Dios realmente ha sido bueno amén tenemos un Dios bueno amén en medio de todo siempre tenemos que decir Dios es bueno amén God bless you all See what I mean? She is, she is a blessing. She's been a blessing for, for me all these years. And uh, it's what she's saying. It's a transition period right now. Uh, this trip here to the States, we arrived on the 25th. We will leave on the 3rd of August. This is the last trip we make before we move over here. And we're going to move here uh, in October, hopefully on the 21st. For Raina, it's 20, 25 years, 26 years. For me, it's almost 44 years. It's a transition period. God spoke to me in different ways. Last time I, I 
told you about how God is confirmed in a very interesting way. Um, and uh, I had an experience with God about almost two weeks ago. It was like I was face to face with him. And he gave me a confirmation that was so, uh, you know, I'm not seeking that God will give me like an emotional experience. <clears throat> I've always understood that I don't need to feel anything to, to listen to God's voice. But that, I was uh, four in the morning, two Wednesdays ago. I went to the, to, to the living room to pray. And in one moment, it was as if I was right there, gracias, sitting in front of the Lord. And we were, and then it was, he made me like a, like a very vivid confirmation. And now I'm filled and with the same joy. I was filled when I was going to Nicaragua as a missionary. Now I'm filled with joy coming here to the Auburn Appalachia area as a missionary. Amen. Now, this doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Why would the United States need missionaries? Yeah, there are people who think like that. But I'll tell you one thing. God told me in 1990... In a letter through that was written by Pastor Ballard's sister, Pam, that's now in heaven, saying that God spoke to her, impressed on her, that God was calling me to come here to the open Auburn Appalachia area as a missionary. Now, I saw that letter. At that moment, I was in Honduras dying to go back to Nicaragua because I had been in Nicaragua in the 70s. But I learned from my pastor, when you receive a message like that, and you don't understand it, you just put it, put it away in a place, you know, in a safe place, and wait. 1993 came, and we, me and my wife and my, my kids, we moved to Nicaragua. We've been in Nicaragua all that time. And after all those years... How many years would it be? Almost 30 years. I knew already that we had to come here to Auburn, Opelika, and we were, we, God provided us with a house. That's a big testimony. But the thing is that I was throwing away a lot of papers to the trash, and I found this letter, and I started reading it, and I said, what? I had forgotten completely all about that letter. And it all made sense. Never doubt what God tells you to do, even, even if it doesn't make sense in the human part. Some people would say, oh, you're happy because you're going to be close to your children and get grandchildren. Well, let me tell you one thing. If God would have told us to go to Anchorage, Alaska as missionaries, I would have been with the same joy. Because God is first. God is first than, than your children. God is first than your wife or your husband. God is above everything, above yourself. What does God want? And whatever God wants, we want to do it. Yeah. 
So um, there's a, a lot of things I would like to share about that with you. But I'm, once more, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be with Pastor Ballard and Pastor Kathy. They're a blessing. We love them. We have, I'll say it again, we have learned to love. <laughs> Amen. Um, I want us to, to stand up for one moment and pray. Before we enter the word. Father God, we thank you for bringing us to your sanctuary this day. We have worshipped you. We have lifted our hearts to you. We have prayed. We thank you for everything that we are able to do in this service to you. And now we want to listen to your voice. Now I want to listen to your voice. Speak to us all. Speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This word is for everybody. A lot of things here, you know it. But God has put in my heart that he's speaking to somebody specifically here in the body. And I'm going to obey God and share what he, he has given to me. You know, we, we all, um, let's, let's, look, let's open the Bible in Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. <clears throat> and the word says, and this is the New King's Version. New King James Version says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Plan is when you is to decide on and or age in advance something that's going to be done. Uh, last time we were here, uh, two trips ago, they, they, you know, the situation was going on in Nicaragua. Almost the war was breaking out. And we had uh, been waiting to go back to Nicaragua. I still remember that um, Reina... We cried about so much about what was going on. And so well, there was a date that we thought that that was the date for us to go back to Nicaragua. I had not called yet to the airline. And uh, we were thinking about that. And then suddenly um, I got a call from Pastor Strong. He said, can we meet tomorrow in the morning? 
Okay. And all the prophets were going to, some prophet, uh, not all, but a group of prophets were going to come home. And then uh, the apostles, we were going to meet in the mountain. And they told me that God spoke to them. The first thing they told me to me was, we are not going to tell you what to do. But we have to, we have to uh, uh, do what God is telling us to tell you. And, 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 you know, God is telling us that still you have to wait to go back to Nicaragua. That shattered my dreams of going back. And I went, oh, oh okay. And uh, I was listening. And I still remember that. Uh, when I came back from the mountain with the pastors and told Raina, she leapt to my arms. She started to weep and cry because we as pastors wanted to, so much to be with the sheep during that crisis in Nicaragua. But I understand, and I told Raina, the, in the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. We had our plans, but obedience is superior to sacrifices. I was willing to die for God, but okay. So we obeyed, and we stayed. It was hard for her and hard for me, but we stayed. And I'll tell you that the, when the day came for us to know when we were supposed to go, it was God confirmed it in such a way with a dream rain ahead, and I... She, I didn't tell her when I, I, I the, the date we were supposed to go back, go back, and she didn't tell me. But when we started talking, we were in agreement, and that was the date. And when we came back, everything confirmed that that was the moment for us to go back. Not when we planned to, to leave, not when we planned to go back, but when God wanted to go, wanted us, wanted us to go. You know, the, the, the word says here that the man's heart plans his way but the Lord directs his step Amen. you know there's a thing called God's plan versus human plans now we might be smart enough to make good plans but I want to tell you God's plans are better When a Christian makes plans for his life, God should be included every step of the way. You know, a lot of people, even my kids, talk about this guy called David Ramsey. He's, he says he's, he gives a lot of sound and good financial advice. And uh, a lot of people have made life-long uh, decisions based on, on those teachings, okay? And, so, uh, and, and what comes to my mind is that how much more should we include God when we plan for our life? How much more? Um, but you know, our heart can deceive us. Our heart can deceive us. Um, can, can somebody look for Jeremiah 17, 9? 
and read it please out loud. Jeremiah 17, 9. The first person who finds it. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful. You know, we can make a great mistake for our life. Easily. Easily. Our heart, our mind, our intelligence, our experience can fail. Can fail. And it can fail to guide us accordingly. Doesn't matter how smart you are. Doesn't matter how brilliant you are. Okay. Well, I'm not talking to you, Siri, okay? <laughs> you better tell your phone to shut up. <laughs> no, tell Siri to shut up, not your phone. <laughs> Poor Siri. Anyway, what was I talking about? No, not Siri. Yeah. You know, what comes from us can never be completely perfect. Never. You know why? Because, you know why? Because we are imperfect, so we cannot be perfect in everything we decide. We may be sometimes on target, and we may totally miss the target too. But you know something? With God, we are always on target. Um, my pastor, who passed away in March, um, her father was a pastor and her mother was a teacher of the word of every famous teacher in Puerto Rico uh, in, the, in, the, in the 40s and the 50s. Um, they, they, um, they, you know, to make ends meet, they were pastors, but make ends meet, they had a furniture store. And her father, whose name was Innocencio, um, he received some people in the furniture store to make him a business proposition. So he started talking with them, and wow, he was excited and all that. And then he looked over there, and, and his wife was on the other corner of the store, and she looked at him, and she did this. And he looked at her, and he went, what does she know? And he... Close the deal. Biggest mistake of his life. Biggest mistake. You know, we got to be very careful when we make plans. If we are not sure God is in those plans we're making. And, and, and we can see here, it says here, it says here in the verse 9, a man's heart. You know, it, it can deceive us. Plans his way. His way. 
Now, whatever plans you have can be, in human terms, real brilliant and apparently fail-proof. But I'll tell you one thing. We should seek God in such a way that we are totally open to his guidance. Amen. You know, we should have a life of prayer. We should have an open connection with God in prayer. It has to be daily. You cannot pray five hours Monday and then not pray the, whole, the rest of the week. We should daily have a time of communion and contact with God. And having that contact with God in prayer, um, the Holy Ghost can reveal to us the direction of where God wants us to go or what should we do in certain things we're plan we, we have to plan. Uh, but not also prayer. We, we, we should know the word. We should get to know the word in a deep way. Uh, and the word of God can help us avoid big mistakes. Um, Proverbs, the Beatitudes, that's how you, that's how you say it? Yeah. Beatitudes, um, the epistle, the, the Paul's epistles, etc. There's so much wisdom in the word of God. And you know that a lot of people make big mistakes because they just don't read the Bible. People don't know the word. I'm talking about people who go to church. Only rely what they listen. Now, it's good to hear the word in the church, but you have to read, read the word in your home. And, and you got to make sure that what your pastor is preaching is in the Bible. I'll tell you. and That's what I told the people in our church over there in Nicaragua. Look at the Bible. Make sure I'm preaching you the word, the, the, the truth. If you think I'm not preaching the truth and it's not according to the Bible, come up to me and tell me. And if I'm wrong, I'll repent. That's what I tell them. I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared. If they come to me and really I'm wrong, okay, I'm wrong. But you know, um, so many Christians do not use the word of God. Not go into it. And that's why many mistakes are made. But also, having spirit filled and holy pastors with a sound doctrine, they're a wonderful gift from, from God for wise counsel. I'm not telling that you're going to have to call your pastor and ask him on the phone, I'm about to, to buy some socks. Should I buy them or not? I'll tell you one thing. Real story. It happened in Puerto Rico. You're going to kill him for that? You're going to kill him for that? <laughs> hey, man. I'm talking about, you know, those decisions that are life-changing. Like when you're getting married. Or when you're buying a house. I'm not saying the pastor's going to tell you what you have to do. Well, we're, we're, God is, our pastors are to 
give us counsel, to give us advice. But, you, but ultimately, each one of us have to make a decision. Amen? Because pastors are not supposed to control people. Pastors are supposed to feed people and give them wise counsel and give them the options so they can make the right decision. Um, so the Lord directs our steps through, through these things, the, the, the prayer, uh, word, pastors. Um, let's, let's, let's go to Proverbs 19, 20 and 21. Proverbs 19, 20 and 21. And the Bible says, listen to counsel. Am I saying correct? Can I pronounce it correctly? Counsel? Huh? Counsel. Okay, that you, you pronounce it. Okay, well, I'm from New York, so. <laughs> counsel. Listen to counsel. Yeah, I was, uh, I was born in New York City, and my parents are Puerto Rican. But I've been in Central America ever since 1975. Yeah, so that's where I get my English. Um, listen to counsel, counsel, right? And receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. When I was going to get married, I saw this beautiful girl. Oh, man, I liked her. When I saw the pictures and everything, I knew her. But I asked everybody. And I was a 26-year-old man, but I asked the pastors, the leadership, Talking about mature spiritual people, you know, about Raina. And they all told me, except one, all of them told me that Raina was an excellent choice. But the, the one who told me no was a person that had a friend, and she wanted me to, 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 yeah, to marry that friend and not Raina. Her friend was a nice person. She was a nice person, but... I'm glad it's raining. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a good thing to ask for counsel. Yeah. Okay. And uh, now asking the counsel of, of a non-believer or an immature Christian is going to be the biggest mistake you can ever make. Sadly, some Christians go to unbelievers and ask them their opinion about some decisions. You know that there are some psychologists, psychologists that advise women who are cheated by their husbands to do the same thing for the reaffirmation of their own self-worth. Lord, help us. But the Bible is so, so wise when it says that. It says um, 
there are plans in the man's heart, nevertheless the Lord's counsel that will stand. Amen. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. And if you're about to make a big decision in your life right now, and you have not looked for counsel that you should, I want to tell you one thing. Stop. Stop. Go on your knees. Pray. Wait. Talk with your pastors. Don't move along. Don't think you're so smart that you, 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 it, it, you're not going to make a mistake. Wait and stop. That can be the wisest thing you've ever done in your whole life. And it says here, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, counselors, they are established. Amen? Listen to your pastors. Consider what spiritual people tell you. Ultimately, you will make your decision. It's your decision. It's your choice. But be humble and let the Lord in all the affairs of your life. Let him be in everything. That is not fanatism. That is wisdom. That is being wise. God is the smarter, God is the smarter option. And no offense, but God is smarter than you. And God is smarter than me. I love you. God bless you. Making sure there was not anything else. Love you all. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. That was good. Reminds us how important it is to get counsel. How many of y'all have ever made a mistake? How many of you have ever made a mistake that landed you in jail? Boy, don't you wish you'd listen to some counsel? I'm in jail's rough, y'all. I've sent a lot of people to prison in my life, and I didn't like it. I don't like doing it. But I've sent people to prison for everything you can think of. I mean, any, probably anything you can think of. Or my family's been to prison for anything you can think of. My papa got arrested for cutting a guy's ears off one time and putting him in his pocket after he knocked him out. And the guy had knocked him out the week before. My papa was 50-something years old, and a soldier knocked him out while he was drunk. So he, he, he found him the next week and uh, knocked him out. He didn't, get, he didn't get drunk and then cut his ears off and put him in his pocket and he got arrested for mayhem. <laughs> and then they found out what he did and just let him go. I mean, what had happened to him the week before. And uh, so this guy's walking around without any ears. I mean, it's some, I've seen some crazy stuff between my family and being a policeman and, and arresting people and... and and they all wished they'd have stopped and thought.
every murder I've ever worked. I've never seen a mean murderer. You know that? It was one of those crimes of passion where they caught their wife or husband uh, in the wrong situation with somebody else, and they whacked them. Uh, or, and they, they wish they hadn't done it. It wasn't worth it. Uh, or they got mad and hit somebody, and, and they fell, in, and they died. And I mean, a decent, like, people like y'all. And they're, they're in belly chains in court walking like this. And the judge says, I'll take the recommendation of, uh, of counsel. Uh, district attorney and, and your counsel have come together, and they've recommended that they, you have no record. You just lost your temper, and we're going to give you 15 years. <laughs> just 15 years. And the guy's 29. I'm 15 years of your life, y'all. And all it was was just one And I heard somebody want to say one time, don't make a decision in one second that's going to uh, mess up your, the rest of your life. And you can do it in one second. So, I mean, even, I mean, there's things that I've done before, not in anger or anything, that I just thought I knew better. You know, I've watched people buy cars knowing I can get them a car $3,000 cheaper. There's only about two people ever matched what I could buy my car for. And I've seen people buy houses and pay $25,000 too much. And I don't, I don't get in their business. I let them do it. Uh, I let them do it. Uh, that's, that's not what a pastor's for. But, but there are people, Richard Knapp knows about finances, that know about finances, know about buying and selling and stuff like that. That if you'll take some... Uh, some of their wisdom because they messed it up before and lost money. You won't do it. You know why most folks know how not to lose money? Because they got their butt tore up one time. Somebody got them. If you've ever been got in a, in a deal, it, it's like a stinger stuck in your brain. It's like a like somebody branded you with heat. You ever you remember? I'm telling you, it don't. The sting of it don't never go away go away and you always like to help people not get caught by somebody that's doing that I do I like to save people the money you know I helped somebody one time that was about to pay ten thousand dollars an acre for land down the road it's nice land but right up the road with the creek on it was land for five thousand dollars an acre and I knew the people and they was talking to a realtor it was fixing to whack them and uh, so uh, there, there, there is wisdom, and I love what you said. That, that we need that. With, we need somebody that's been through the mill, somebody that's done it wrong, been whacked, and 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 can help us. So I encourage you to follow Pastor Seraphine's counsel and 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 get some wisdom. Don't ever let your flesh get you to make a quick decision with your two largest investments in your life. And what's the two largest investments you'll have? Your house and your car. Don't ever let your flesh get you. That's most people. They don't count people buying planes. Now, I know that's a different thing. Richard, Richard. But you'll see people, they'll go out riding on Saturday, never intended to buy a car, and they'll go by, and one of them will say, man, that red one's pretty, and they'll go in there, and that slick salesman will have them. 
And they'll pay $3,000 too much because they liked it. $3,000. What could you do with $3,000? There's wisdom in waiting 30 days to buy anything that's over $100. You'll save a lot of money. I'm telling you, you won't never, you won't never be without money if you learn to do that. 